Hey, Race to Rise fam. We're Rondette and Renee, and we are back with a dose of R&R. Happy Women's History Month. That is right. It is Women's History Month indeed. We have now officially sprung forward on both sides of the pond. So I am so happy because the days are much longer. And yeah, I just love it. My happiest times in London is literally from March to September. Mm -hmm. Where finally we get a a little sliver of sun every once in a while. Yeah. So Women's History Month, I'll be honest, I wanted to find a few interesting facts because I didn't realize that like Women's History Month is actually fairly young. Hmm. Um, It only became Women's History Month in in 1987. But yeah, so we had our first Women's History Day that was celebrated on the 28th of February in 1909 in New York City. And it was commemorated one year as the one year anniversary of the garment women strike. So basically 15,000 women marched through lower Manhattan demanding better working conditions, working in the garment industry. They just weren't really fit for purpose. And then from there, the women's history day, then in 1978, we had women's history week. And that was on the back of an education tax task force in Sonoma County, California. And then that actually started on the 8th of March. So the 8th of March, as we all know, is International Women's Day. And then in 1987, we had Women's History Month. And what I then realized is every Women's History Month has a theme. And for Mm. 2023, it is celebrating women who tell our stories. I love it. Yeah. And so it's great. I mean, it's great that we understand the history. And though we've been making all these strides, you know, we we obviously know that there's still work ahead, specifically around the gen- gender pay gap, right? That still mm-hmm. persists. Women earn 84% of what men earn. And obviously, when you account for intersectionality, such as race, mm-hmm. women of color are paid less than that. And as we're both moms, there's still this concept called motherhood penalty, where it's believed that you will earn less after you become a mother Mm -hmm. in comparison to fatherhood bonus, where men who become fathers earn more money. So Mm. these are topics. They're real. Um, I'm glad we continue to have the conversation. I'm glad that it's a part of our curriculum to celebrate women and to have themes and to have these courageous conversations. But I think we will continue to have that if you still hear words such as gender pay gap and motherhood penalty. Um, We clearly need to work on that until there is equality and you you equally are being celebrated for being a mother um, the same way there's a bonus for being a father. Yeah. Yeah, it's just interesting. Interesting times. Did your company do anything in particular to recognize um, International Women's Day on the 8th? Yes, we had a panel. Mm -hmm. I must admit, this is embarrassing to say, but I wasn't able to join because I was working on a a big project. But yes, there was a panel and it was well received. What about your company? 
Yeah, we had, so I'm still on maternity leave, so I wasn't involved in in the planning, but I did go in, I used one of my keeping in touch days, which um, if anyone's listening is not familiar with what a keeping in touch day is, it's when you're on maternity leave, companies, well, mostly in banking, you'll be entitled to anywhere between, I think, six and 10 days that during your maternity leave, you can come into work or virtually log in and have meetings, coffees with people, catch up, you know, clear out your inbox, whatever you want to do with those days. But you have, um, my company does up to 10 days and you get paid for those days. So nice. for me, it was a good opportunity to go in on International Women's Day. I brought my daughter in, which is really nice. She's only nine Aww. months old. I bought Haven Rose in. We had June Sarpong, which was really nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that was, that was a really, really nice. Um, she, for those of you who don't know, who might be listening from across the pond, June is, um, you know, really big part of like the, the culture, so to speak, from a, a media perspective. She was working at BBC. She's recently started her own organization as well. So it was just really nice to see her. Um, and she's just such an incredible um, role model to so many people. And the irony of it all is uh, when I was pregnant, I think I was about 10 weeks pregnant with Haven. I had brought, um, I had interviewed June. And so it was nice that she was like nine months out of the womb that she got to meet her. So it was nice. It was nice. She actually spoke about um, her grandmother a lot, her mother, the influences that they've had on her life to help her be a a business person. So yeah, it was, it was really nice having her. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, no, I, um, I wish I was able to participate, but in my own way, I did read books written by women authors this month. So the first book that I read was Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Mm -hmm. Garmus. And it's like a bestseller and it's a fiction. (laughs) It was genius. It's about this uh, lady who is a scientist and she studied chemistry um, and what her experience was like in the 60s trying to be a scientist. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it was just great. Like, it just made me laugh because even though it's in the 60s, there was just so much tongue-in-cheek comments about what it's like as a female trying to navigate in a male dominated um, industry. And, and the crazy part is like, even though it's in the sixties, right? Like there's still um, some themes, right? That still exist, such as gender pay gap. There were um, observations made in the book. I don't want to spoil it. I highly recommend it. It was, it's so well-written and I, my hats goes off to Bonnie because that's like her first, this is her first book and it's done well. And apparently it's going to be adapted into a show by Apple TV. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend it. And the second book that I'm reading is Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie's book, Notes on Grief. Um, mm-hmm. She wrote that book because her father passed away in June, 2020. So during the pandemic, And um, yeah, I think grief is something that is hard for people to digest, but it's guaranteed that we'll all experience it in life. And me personally, I I know quite a few people who passed away the last month. Ages range from 37 to 95. Some, you know, it was a matter of time. Others was unexpected. 
and so yeah just trying to process that and, and it's the way she's written it um it's quite emotional it's taking you through her journey as she's trying to process like the loss of her father so um yeah it's one of those things I always try to support you know for Black History Month I read books written by Black authors Women's History Month I deliberately chose books written by women authors um so just sharing what I tried to do even though I wasn't able to be act as active as I would have liked to be in events Girl, you are the, a proper bibliophile, so I love that for you. You're always sharing the gems, so thank you. I'm trying, I'm trying. I just love books, and I think because I travel, right, to work, I have to be in the office three days a week, um, so riding the train, it's like 30 minutes, so basically an hour commute, right? So I'm like, well, it's not like my phone, my Wi-Fi reception is that great sometimes when I'm on the train, so... I just blitz through books. Um, so I'm really happy about that because for a long time, I did not have that luxury. I was doing 10 other things and worrying about Chloe and all that other stuff. So now to have time to myself to to read and, and see things through other people's perspectives, um, whether it's, you know, on a personal matter or whether it's a fiction, making light of serious topics, it's, it's nice. It's nice. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the theme is so timely and perfect, right? Like celebrating women who tell our stories. I mean, it made me think about like, who are our sheroes? You know, who are the people that we look up to and through their stories gave us hope, conviction and, and, and made us feel empowered to do anything. So who are some of your sheroes? I mean, first and foremost, my mom, absolutely hands down. Uh, we talk about how much we love our moms and like the impact and influence they've had on our lives. But I think specifically since I've become a mom, it's become so apparent the level of sacrifice and love, like unconditional love she has for me um, and has demonstrated for me and for her granddaughter who she absolutely loves and adores. So my mom first and foremost she's now retired but she's been a mom to so many like I was talking to one of my girlfriends from middle school the other day and she was like remember when you used to come to school and like your mom used to send me like an extra portion of jerk chicken and rice and peas and like I didn't even remember but these are the memories that people have of her and it's just so nice that she's still here walking this beautiful earth and able to like get her flowers so to speak and so she has truly taught me the meaning of unconditional love which I knew you know someone in my late 30s like I knew you know that my mom was incredible but to like see it in practice through the love she has for her granddaughter um and through the things that she's teaching me and role modeling and has always role modeled for me it's been incredible and it's been just such a blessing to you know see her with with my daughter um and to just love on her and the fact that she was there for me, you know, in the delivery room and just by my side, the the first two months my daughter was born in particular, it's just, it's just incredible. So my mom for sure, but other women in my family, like my aunt, um, who was a single mom and raised by two amazing cousins, or even one of my, my one of my cousins who, um, works for she's a director at DocuBlack uh, on DocuBlack rather where um we've had her on the show before but mm -hmm. she's an amazing advocate for other people um of color who are having issues with um um immigration issues in in the U.S. like just selfless 
women who are constantly doing for others. Um, they are such big inspirations to me. So, I mean, I would love to say a celebrity or, you know, people often say Beyonce because she has, you know, she has so many different parts of her empire, but for me, it's, it's so much closer to home. And so my inspirations really are in my bloodline and I'm so honored and blessed to have them. That's amazing, man. Yeah. I mean, your mom is truly an amazing mom and yeah, I, I'm not surprised that she was a mom to many just based mm -hmm. on her generosity. Yeah, well, thanks, shout out to to your cousin pat patrice yeah, yeah. hey patty <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think similar to you i i would say uh obviously my mom i mean my mom is a tough woman um tough on the outside soft on the inside means mm -hmm. well um has always always done whatever she could possibly do to help me like one of the reasons why my mom's here is again like I was really really busy with a project and it was just full on and literally my mom just being a mom and having that instinct you know decided okay I'm gonna come here for a month and you know help and literally mm -hmm. she did that just so I could focus on my project and I am forever grateful for her because you know sometimes it's the little things that make someone your shiro. It's someone mm -hmm. who can just sense that you're in need and yep. is just willing to put on the cape and help you. And so, yeah, I think my mom just symbolizes that just someone who is just unconditional, patient, loving, kind. She's also a straight shooter. She was oh yeah don't want to hear it, but need to hear it. Mm -hmm. So I'm forever grateful for that. Uh, I'll say a couple of other people that come under my radar. I read Viola Davis's book, Finding mm -hmm. Me. Mm -hmm. And I am a huge fan of Viola Davis. I, to be honest, I didn't really like Viola Davis has been in the game for 30 years, right? Mm -hmm. But I didn't really start watching Viola Davis until she did um, the film, The Help, because I actually read mm -hmm. the book, The Help. Mm -hmm. um, when she did the film with Denzel Washington Fences and there was another film which escapes me right now I think it's Widows that I saw yeah it's Widows that she did so but I didn't realize like her journey um how she started from humble humble beginnings like like mm -hmm. she was like there's poor she was like we were pope <laughs> and it's just amazing when I see people who start with literally nothing Mm -hmm. but can accomplish so much right and it yeah. was not a walk in the park I mean her journey to where she is and by the way she made history this year as being the 18th performer to achieve ego status right and mm. Grammy Oscar and Tony mm -hmm. and even though people tell her that she's the black Meryl Streep because she you know she trained at Juilliard she went Juilliard School of Arts she also went to Yale but at the end of the day, like she makes it very clear, like that's cool that you guys say that, but I'm still not getting Meryl Streep checks. Yeah. And, and um, you know, she also highlighted colorism. And I think that's mm -hmm. something that, again, it's only now as a community we're talking about colorism. But, you know, I think she's a very attractive woman. And mm -hmm. she talked about how people told her repeatedly, like, you don't look like a sex symbol. Right. Yep. Whereas compared to other actors that were a lighter shade, mm -hmm. it was more comfortable. So I cried, I cheered, I laughed. I just loved 
her humility and just her transparency and authenticity. I think so many times we see people at the pinnacle of their careers and we just hear the the fairy tale and you read her book and you realize there is no fairy tale to this. There was mm -hmm. a lot of grit. There was a lot of blood. There was a lot of sweat. There was a lot of tears. Um, so yeah, I would say Viola Davis. I just was so enamored and awe, empowered, encouraged. I think she's incredible. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And then the last person I'll talk about is, so I'm starting to get into the art scene. Because mm. I just feel like London has some of the best museums in the world. And there was this exhibition that I've been wanting to go to. And it's so popular that it like sells out, literally. Mm. And even though I became a member of the Tate, so I get access to Tate Modern, Tate Britain, Tate Liverpool as well. Okay. Um, but obviously the ones in London are Tate Modern and Tate Britain. But at Tate Modern, they had Yayo Kusama. And mm -hmm. basically she is a Japanese contemporary artist. She's still alive. She's 94. Wow. Yep. And um, she's the world's top selling female artist and the world's most successful living artist. But one really? thing fact about her, yeah, is that she's been very open about her mental health and she's actually mm -hmm. been living in a mental health facility since the oh. 1970s. But wow. the way it is, is she managed to find a facility that uses art as therapy. So she's able to leave daily that facility and go to her studio nearby and work on her art. But I'm just amazed at her story. Like she had a very troubled childhood. She started having hallucinations from the age of 10. And mm. if you look at her art, like it's just amazing that she's basically said, if it wasn't for art, she would have committed suicide a few times. Wow. Yeah. So it's just like, art has basically become her way to express her, her mental health problems. Mm -hmm. But I was just amazed because again, I just feel like it's amazing when you see people where it'd be very easy to write them off, right? This is someone who has had a troubled childhood, has had mental health issues, literally suffered from hallucinations. And a lot of her artwork is literally her portraying and depicting what she sees in her mind so you can mm -hmm. see through her her eyes and for her to still be the most successful living artist and the world's top selling female artist with all those what you would say um impediments right but actually it's those things that helped her take over the art world it's just amazing like so yeah, she's my Shiro. I was in awe. I highly recommend it. I'm actually going to try and go again to that um, mm -hmm. because they were supposed to end in April and they've extended it to August because it's that popular. Wow. And yeah. that's not easy to accomplish these extensions, right? So I think no. that that's a lot about her work. Yes. 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 Like Amazing. Thanks for sharing that. And I love the tie-in. Well, not love like in that sense, but I do love the fact that she's so open about any thing that she's been experiencing with mental health like that's huge it is and I mean like so she was born in 1929 right and then she moved to the U.S. 
in the late 50s and really mm. starting into the art scene in the 60s. And so again, like she documented what her experience was, right? Right. Because when she was born around the Second World War, like US and Japan were not friends, right? Mm -hmm. We're on opposite sides. So she talked about what her experience was like as an immigrant, as a female, as an Asian person, and some of the racism that she experienced. And again, it just shows you like, you know, sometimes we're taking these strides, but like we're still having the same conversations. And, and I felt like it was just touching to see her art kind of depict that. And I think sometimes art makes us think and say, okay, wow, like this actually is a thing. And now it's still a thing, but hopefully through art and having people look at the art and understand the experiences, maybe it will change people or maybe it will build awareness. But um, mm -hmm. I was just in awe. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I love that. It's incredible. There's so many strong women out there who are telling their stories. And something that we've always tried to do with this podcast is to do a lot and inspire and motivate and be vulnerable through storytelling. So I love that we are, are able to highlight this artist who's doing it through a different medium um, than what we do. And I think we should probably continue to do that. Just really bring to the fore women who are telling their story through different channels yeah definitely and I mean you know I aspire to be Chloe Shiro one day um you already are what do you mean yeah you already are. but you know what I mean it's like you try to you try to hope that you know what you're doing for your kid um, you're not necessarily trying to force them into anything, but hopefully, mm -hmm. you know, when she looks back at these pictures and she sees like, wow, I'm taking her to museums or letting her get books, like hopefully she sees that I'm just trying to expose her into the many avenues that are there in life, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think in the past, it was very much like, are you a doctor? Are you an engineer? Are you a, you know, right. a lawyer? Um, and I, I think my goal is just to try and expose her to, to understand that there's multiple avenues, right? And so mm -hmm. as long as she has exposure and tries to find which one brings her joy, like that to me is my end goal. All we can do, girl. All we can do. I'm already telling Haven at nine months. I'm like, you can do anything. You can be anyone. You can accomplish anything. You are everything. Like, Every morning we do our little affirmations and, awesome. you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because she's so young and obviously there's so much that she doesn't understand, but because it's a part of her routine, she lights up when she starts to hear it. Someone's always like, you're intelligent, you're going to be thoughtful, you're going to be generous, you're beautiful, you're talented. She, You can see like as we're putting on her lotion and drying her off from her bath, like she, she, she's used to that routine by now. And that's all I want to instill in her that she literally is everything. She is everything. She has everything to offer and she is worthy of everything good. That is awesome, man. So as small as they are, our daughters are also our sheroes as well because we move through this world now with a different purpose, with a different lens, with a different level of passion because we have them to live for and we know they're looking up to us. And, um, you know, I've had many dark days this past I would say the past 18 months, I've had many, many dark days. And my daughter's was kept me going just 
thinking about her, thinking about um, what life now means now that she's in it and the purpose of her being here. Um, she keeps me going. So she's my mini Shira. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But it's true, you know, um, the beauty about having a kid is uh, you get to relive life and, you know, see the wonders through their eyes and to really align your North Star, right? It's like a deeper purpose and meaning and and just paving the way. And in the same way, we're trying to be, you know, our daughter's heroes, you know, we're also their sheroes, as you say. So I hope that, you know, we continue to celebrate all the women who have paved the way, continue to pave the way, continue to pound the table or continue to inspire us. And I challenge everyone to support women-owned businesses, read mm -hmm. books written by women, um, check out art exhibitions by women, do whatever mm -hmm. you can, but let's not just narrow it to March, but March is definitely a, a good um, avenue to explore that further. Exactly. Celebrate women all year round. I was actually speaking with, um, I was speaking with this uh, ex-military guy the other day. And I mean, he's probably in his, I would say he's comfortably in his late fifties. And he just went on one where he started talking about women and he said, I truly believe women are meant to run this world. Like I, you know, he's Jamaican background. He was like, I have um, an incredible mom. I had incredible grandmothers. My wife is incredible. My daughters are incredible. Like, I'm not saying that to sound sappy. I truly believe that we are here and society runs the way it does because of the absolute intellect, passion, compassion of women. And I just was beaming. I was like, thank you for saying that. Now, please go and tell the thousands of men in the world who don't believe okay, that. 100%. But he he said it. I don't even remember what prompted it. I don't even think I prompted it in any kind of way. It was just a general conversation he and I were having with with um my cousin. And he just, he just said, look, women deserve all the respect in the world because even thinking about you you all going through childbirth and bearing children he was like nah we, we got to do better as men we have to support women more so shout out to all the men out there who do you know who do honor the women in their lives their daughters their partners their children's mom their wives their moms their sisters their friends like we thank you we salute yeah, definitely. you definitely can't do it all by ourselves, right? We need everyone to to keep the movement going. But yeah, definitely yeah. shout out to to the men that recognize our value and continue to to see us and celebrate us and uplift us. Amen. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was a nice march and grateful that I was able to celebrate Mother's Day with my mom. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, and yeah. Now she goes back and soon as I blink, but grateful for those moments. And yeah. hopefully the weather gets better. It's been raining and cold in London. So I need the sun to come out. I need the rain to stop and I need to start being able to wear maxi dresses. Many thanks universe. Thanks for the <laughs> Well, I'm in, um, I'm in New York to see family and friends. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be here. Um, this is where I belong. This is home, right? So I'm so grateful that I'm here. The baby girl, she's being poured into and poured over. 
constantly um, with so much love, but the weather here has been quite temperamental. So we had a day earlier in the week where she went to the playground for the first time and it was warm. Aww. And then yesterday I was driving and I saw some snow. I mean, it was like literally two flakes and that was it. And I was like, what is going on? So yes, the weather is, the weather globally is not behaving, but we'll get there. Yeah, Greta was right. Climate change is real. So mm-hmm. I'm going to try and do my part to help make the environment better because the weather is literally all over the place. I'm not surprised you could have four seasons in a in a week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, well, everyone, it was always good to see and hear and connect with you. And remember that everyone's race is different. We want you to stay the course, keep running your race, and you will rise to the top. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.